0: When money is easy to make, society begins to break, right? the difference of hard money versus soft money. So we even touch on gold in that episode. and It's not necessarily a Bitcoin hard sell or anything like that, but it really does help people understand the fundamentals, that critical sort of basis for um, hard money. And so we wanted kids to be able to understand it. Luckily, it seems to be seems to be working that a lot of kids are really understanding.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the BlockHash podcast. Before we dive into the episode with Tuttle Twins, want to share a message from my sponsor pika pika is revolutionizing the intersection of nfts and gaming through their pika trading card game elders of kai the tcg will be both digital physical and web 3 integrated allowing gamers to play and complete uh, compete in various formats whether you are a newbie or a pro gamer there's a spot for you in pika learn more about pika and elders of kai on their website and social media pages join the pika community on telegram to keep up with the latest developments enjoy the episode guys What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Blockhash podcast, episode 337. Today, I have Daniel Harmon on the show, the executive producer, creator um, of Tuttle Twins, which is a fantastic new show for kids. I came across it when I saw a Bitcoin episode in particular um, and had a chance to look at some other episodes and really love the message that they're trying to send to kids on many different topics. So Daniel's here to explain what they're doing with the show. Daniel, welcome, man. Really appreciate the time. Thanks for having me on, Brandon. Of course. Uh, before we dive in into uh, the show a bit more, can you tell us a bit more about your background as well and you know kind of how you got to where you are with creating Tuttle Twins? Like, did you have uh, any history with this prior or is this something new for you?
0: Yes and no. So a little new, I have some history as well. My background was in advertising. Um, I'm a co founder of the ad agency Harmon Brothers. We're known for big viral marketing campaigns like Squatty Potty, Poopery, Purple Mattress, Lumi Deodorant, Chatbooks, Kodiak Cakes, all those different kinds of big brands. And we really kind of made our name on the internet for being able to tell really good stories. In video form um, on platforms like Facebook and YouTube and be able to do it in a way that it was turning um, a positive return on investment for our clients and really driving their top line revenue. And so I developed my storytelling chops primarily through advertising and then um, along the way. Um, I met Connor Boyack, who is the author of the Tuttle Twins book series. I bought the very first book that he put out called The Law. This was before he had any intention of making it into a book series. And it teaches, um, it, it breaks down Frederick Bastia's The Law on the concepts of rights to life, liberty, and property, um, in terms of freedom and economics in a way that a child can understand and, um, parents as well. And so i got the first book when it came out um, read it with my kids immediately loved it at at the clarity he'd been able to achieve Um, and then when he had the success with that first book he ended up kind of turning it into a series and doing it on things like the golden rule entrepreneurship um, inflation all these other subjects and we subsequently bought all the rest of those books and he when we he was getting into like the tens of thousands of sales in his books he started considering the idea of turning it um turning his book series into um a cartoon into um, a tv series and my team and i at Harmer brothers saw what he was looking to do and said no we want to turn that into into a series for you so i after being in advertising um and having so many successes with the different campaigns, I've been having an itching to tell stories of my own. And yeah. um, and then one of the executive producers on the project, Benton Crane, he was like, I think we should, I think we should do Tuttle Twins. I think that's what our project should be uh, on our first story. And I was like, ah, a political show? Really? <laughs> Is that <laughs> what we want to do? Um, and I was a little bit hesitant to do it, but then I thought about it. I was like, oh what we've done with advertising for so many years so well is tell these stories for brands that are relatively unknown and do it with a high amount of education and entertainment and really that's what this book series i feel like that's what it needs Mm -hmm. when it comes to translating it into a tv show for kids is being able to explain things in a really educational way and do it really clearly for kids but then um kind of had this vision for really adding a lot of adventure and comedy and fun to it. And so that's what we approached Connor about is um, a partnership, kind of spelled out how for him how Tunnel Twins could be kind of a a larger brand, like a Marvel brand, mm-hmm. right? Marvel has its comic books, it has its TV series, its cinematic universe, its toys, its games, all these things. Each of them kind of have their own flavor, but they all kind of contribute to this greater mission and, and, and whole. And he kind of wrapped, Connor wrapped his brain around that concept for Tuttle Twins and how the TV show would look a little bit different than what he'd been doing with the book series, but it would be teaching the same lessons. And that's what we wanted to pursue. And then, um, and yeah, he he kind of signed off on it. We partnered with Angel Studios as our distributor. Um, I'm a co-founder of Angel Studios as well, by the way. Um, And uh, although I don't work there day to day, I'm just working on on Tuttle Twins. Mm -hmm. And we went and raised money from the crowd to get the first season going. So we were able to raise $3.7 million, which was a, a record for crowdfunding for a kid show at the time. Um, and yeah, we went into full production. We now have a, have a full season in release on the Angel app. Um, Angel's more known for um the hit show, The Chosen, which, you know, tells about the, the life of Christ for more of the perspective of his followers. And we're available, all, all 12 episodes of the first season are available for free on there. And now we are starting to release episodes for season two. We're three episodes in and our third episode was the Bitcoin um, episode. So that's kind of a, a rough synopsis of where we're at.
1: Got it. No, I love the messaging in in the episodes. Like there's a lot on like freedom and rights. There's a lot on financial education, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, is there an overarching theme? It seems like there's an overarching theme that's kind of consistent across the episodes that you want maybe to help kids understand, because a lot of this stuff is great because they don't, they don't get it in traditional, um, cartoons, something on Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, Cartoon Network. Um, they, they get some things, but not to this level. I think this is far more helpful.
0: Yes. The, the theme is very much principles of freedom and economics that at the highest level, that's what it is. And the reason I really got bought in and passionate about making the show was because of that theme. So I grew up in a freedom-loving family in, um, in Idaho, and my closest neighbors were like a quarter mile away, and you really get to know what freedom is when you live out on a farm, right? As opposed to when you live in more suburban or, or uh, urban areas. Okay. And um, my my family taught about it. I had I went to... Um, a little private school that my uncle ran. That was more like more what we would traditionally know now as like a homeschool co-op. It was about that size of a little school. And his curriculum was very much based on um, history and teaching the patterns of history that civilizations kind of repeat and being able to learn from that. And specifically sort of what are those principles of freedom and economics that Are more tried and true as opposed to the ones we try over and over again and then societies kind of crumble from that and so i had that that sort of uh american founding and uh those original documents and stuff deep kind of in my heart from that school experience and i also wanted that for my kids and i wasn't seeing it out there in the school system i wasn't seeing it out there in culture and i basically kind of came to the conclusion well if i'm not going to do this if I if I don't make this show, who will? And the answer in my mind, at least especially in the way I felt like the show could be really fun and entertaining, and something kids choose to watch over their options on YouTube and Disney Plus and Netflix mm-hmm. and the like. Um and also educate them really well. I was like, if I if we don't do this, who's going to do it? And I right. just came to the conclusion, no one. And so that's when I was like, okay, we've gotta we've gotta make this happen. And that's what that's what we did. But yeah, it's all It's all about the principles of of freedom and we hear parents telling us over and over again where was this when i was a kid you know where was this when i was teaching my younger ones like i've been craving something like this my whole life and it's really putting into understandable terms the things that they believe but now they can explain them with critical thinking to their kids um and with their kids around the dinner table it's really creating those dinner table uh, discussions
1: Absolutely. What was the thought process behind putting an episode together around uh, around Bitcoin in particular? Did did you have some kind of experience with it or someone that you work with have an experience with it that thought maybe it'd be a good idea to teach kids about it as well?
0: Yeah. So I have an older brother that introduced me to Bitcoin, probably somewhere in 2013. The first time I kind of got sold on it and bought Bitcoin, it was at a dollar, $110 per Bitcoin, right? And as of the time of this recording, we're sitting around $26,000 yeah. <laughs> um, for Bitcoin. And Bit- the Bitcoin went up very sharply over the next month to um, $135 per coin. And I sold all my Bitcoin, which was like maybe a Bitcoin or two at the time. Sold it and was like, I beat the system. I made a killing here. I got a quick 25% return <laughs> in in like a month and then it continued to skyrocket up about right. uh, $2,000. It also obviously came down from that, but I was never able to Bit- buy Bit- Bitcoin at that price again. Um, I have bought Bitcoin since, but never, never that low. Um, so I was, uh, I guess what you would consider an early adopter to, to some degree compared to what the, the rest of the world was. And, um, when I really understood how Bitcoin solved the problem of of hard money versus easy money, you know being able to create money out of thin air with fiat currency and doing what governments have done you know for you know eons and just you know printing the paper and that kind of stuff, and how Bitcoin really solved for that that kind of thing as a as a hard money where you could really store value, especially long term over time. Um, that's where we got really interested in making this into an episode. And another executive producer on the project is my brother and he'd been pushing for some time like we've got to make a Bitcoin episode and I didn't feel like that was the right approach for season one but in season two I was like ah I think we should do that. And I talked to our lead writer Johnny about it and Johnny's actually the voice of Ethan, one of the characters on the show and um, we both got kind of excited about doing that especially in terms of using um book the uh the bitcoin standard as as the basis for that um, particular episode and we were able to distill it down to the concept of when money is easy to make society begins to break right that um the difference of hard money versus soft money so we even touch on gold in that episode and it's not necessarily a bitcoin hard sell or anything like that but it really does help people understand the fundamentals of why the the blockchain network really supports that um that critical sort of basis for um hard money and so we wanted kids to be able to understand that luckily it seems to be seems to be working that a lot of kids are really understanding it and adults understand it for the first time and that's really encouraging
1: very cool. Um, no, it's, it's great that you guys are doing this at such a crucial time too. Um, financial edu- education for kids is, is a big deal right now, given the fact that the U.S. is going mm-hmm. through uh, inflation and a debt ceiling that's about to close on the 1st of June and um, Fed raising rates. And, you know, there's so many different problems that are hurting our economy. You know, kids these days are going to grow up. They are growing up right now through these times, and it'll probably get a little bit worse before it gets any bit better. Um, so it's good for them to have this education to understand at a young age, what's really going on? Why are mom and dad having a hard time? Why are people me- mean on the news? Why are people fighting? It's, a, it, it's good to teach them these things.
0: Yeah, you're bringing up a really good point in that there are kids that are young enough that in their lifetime of understanding money, they've only ever heard about it probably in terms of inflation, Mm -hmm. right? Like that they may in understanding the concept of money has been like right there married with inflation all the way along. That's a little bit scary, you know, that thought. And so it is the the timing seems very, uh, very appropriate in our first season. Our most popular episode seems to be the inflation monster episode, where we talk about the creation of the Federal Reserve. And we talk about how inflation isn't Something that just comes out of thin air or is being created by corporate greed or by, you know, by some other random thing, it's being created because the money supply is being added to and inflated, right? That they are, the the Federal Reserve is creating a whole bunch of money, putting it all into the market, and then ultimately the price of goods and services rises. And we, we explained that very succinctly, and it's been... Um, especially our most popular episode on social media, where it's had millions of views and being circulated on places like Instagram and TikTok and and um, Twitter, and Facebook, YouTube, mm-hmm. and the like, and uh, people are really starving for understanding here because they, they hear all the more complicated messages in. In the media and in um, in culture, about things that are maybe more along the Keynesian economic side, they don't ever have it really distilled down to them from a more kind of sound economics viewpoint of what's what's really happening with their money, and so they find that uh, very refreshing and very empowering to know. Not only is it happening, but there are things that they can do about it to better store the value that they've created um, in the way that they, you know, use their money.
1: Absolutely. Are those things you also touch on, like Keynesian, uh, Keynesian economics, uh, maybe Adam Smith or capitalism, or any of these concepts? Are those also some things that maybe get interjected into the episodes?
0: Yes, certainly. Um, we have an episode on free trade in um, in season one where we visit Adam Smith. So the whole concept of the show is um, the Tuttle twins, Ethan and Emily Tuttle, have a grandma. Who moves in with them, um, moves in the, the house mm-hmm. there with their with their parents, with their family, um, has been basically evicted from her um, from her little HOA <laughs> <laughs> uh, because she's got this feral raccoon that she that she has as a pet. Um, and the grandma turns out that she's got a time-traveling wheelchair. And so um, she takes her kids back on adventures in time to learn from historical figures like Frederick Bastiat, Adam Smith, mm-hmm. um, Andy Turnbull Malone, the first African-American woman to become a millionaire uh, um, in the United States from an entrepreneurship venture, Benjamin Franklin. They visit people like Milton Friedman and um, uh, Frederick Hayek and all these different um, r- really um, cool historical figures. Um, even um, they visit uh, Harriet, uh, Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks to learn about things like civil disobedience. Mm-hmm. And uh, it does it in a way where the kids kind of find a problem in their real life or trying to solve through how they overcome it. And then grandma will take them on an adventure back in time to meet a historical figure and learn from their story. And they kind of gain a principle and then they go maybe to another dimension to learn how to apply that with, you know, in another world and then come back home and learn how to apply it in their day-to-day. And that's a little bit of the the format of the show in, in the way that we're teaching and, again it's the kids are connecting so well with the characters and having so much fun with the series i think a lot of them don't aren't even thinking about the fact that they're learning really great principles of freedom as they're going along and i think that is some of the best storytelling does that um if you think of the original uh spider-man with toby mcguire Mm -hmm. if i say with great power comes
1: great responsibility
0: yeah, anybody can complete that line yeah. for me, right? Because the story around it is so impactful, right? And it's it's just that one tidbit line, that one truth in there that we can all kind of relate with and learn from, but it has so much great story and character around it that that's what makes it stick. If we had just been told that as we're walking down the street and don't have all the Spider-Man um, story to connect back to it, then it doesn't. It doesn't have the same impact, but that's what we're, what, that's what we're trying to do. So we teach things like, you know, when, when money's easy to make society begins to break um, or mm-hmm. inflation hurts a nation or disagree doesn't mean enemy. We have a whole episode that talks about disagree with someone doesn't put them on, Oh, well, now they're on team good or team bad. And you're on team good. Um, and we'll have other episodes that we touch on tribalism on socialism on um on central planning, all all these concepts we're going to go through and hopefully give kids a much stronger foundation to understand things through and much more critical thinking around what is the role of government in our mm-hmm. society? You know, what, what, what things should it actually be doing?
1: Did you model it after uh, maybe some other shows that have been on uh, cartoons for kids? Like, for example, like it, it looks like a Phineas and Ferb kind of vibe to mm-hmm. me. It's also got like yeah. a fast paced wittiness of like a Rick and Morty um, and there's yeah. some things that feel a little bit similar in there. Did you take some inspiration from some things that worked in the past?
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So fitness um, and verb has always been um, an inspiration from it from the beginning. Um, others, other educational things like the magic school bus mm-hmm. and, um, and like schoolhouse rock have, have come into play, but then. On like the sort of the wi- the wittiness and the storytelling vibes, um, there's a little bit of like the Simpsons flair in there. There's a little bit of um, a Disney show called Gravity Falls, as well as um, our writers have also been inspired by things like Rick and Morty and obviously a lot of the Pixar works and stuff over time. But yeah, we're drawing from inspiration kind of all over the place. It's a little bit like um, I've realized now as I've removed myself from it and kind of Taking a look back at what we've done, it's been a little bit like what George Lucas did with Star Wars, where he mm-hmm. was kind of borrowing from the Samurai films and the Westerns and Flash Gordon and all these different areas of pop culture and kind of mixing it into this one hero's journey kind of story of, of, of Star Wars. And that's a little bit of what has happened with Tuttle Twins as well.
1: That makes sense. Uh, where, where are you? What's your plans on like distribution? How do you reach kids with this show? Um, like, can they get it on their phone or their iPad, which I think a lot of little kids have these days, um, or is it to target the parents for the parents to give to the kids or what's the plan to like, kind of reach out so that they know that that's an option.
0: Yeah. Our distributor is angel studios and each episode that we go live with, we do it um, live on the app and we do it on YouTube. Um, and even uh, like Facebook for that matter, but those are their primary two audiences when we watch the episodes live. So every the first Tuesday of every month, we're releasing a new episode. We call it Tuttle Tuesday. And we have, from the beginning, we've intended this as a co-viewing experience with parents and their kids. And we're finding that that is the case, that 80% of the episodes are being watched with both parents and kids, which is great because we want the discussions to happen. We don't mm-hmm. want just them to you know throw kids blindly in front of this. It's great that we have that trust and everything, but we we want them to be able to really kind of pick things apart and being able, be able to apply it in their own lives. And uh, where Angel Studios is our, our distributor, the app is free to download um, on the App Store or Google Play. And all the episodes are free to watch. We have a pay it forward model where you can watch it for free. And if you love what you, you, you're watching, you can pay it forward for other people to watch it for free, meaning it's kind of like a pay what you want kind of a thing. Right. Um, or you don't have to at all, you can just watch it for free. But our, our, our mission is to reach 100 million kids with the ideas of freedom. So it's a big lofty goal that we've got. Mm-hmm. A, we've, we've got um, a lot of years that we're gonna need to be able to accomplish that. But that, that is the plan, is the show has that kind of longevity in its concept that we can go season after season after season and really keep it fresh because there's always something relevant to talk about in the way of these different principles
1: yeah on that goal to 100 million where are you at so far how many kids do you think you've reached
0: oh i'd love to know the number of the kids i mean to
1: date the, Ballpark, the view yes.
0: count, yeah the view count right now um across platforms is somewhere around i think 17 million that's good and but i don't know that that it my, my if i were to guess i'd probably guess it's probably more around like five million people reached or something mm-hmm. with that so we're we're kind of, you know, um, incrementally going along, but that's, that's why we're on this podcast is to get the word out a little bit more. So
1: <laughs> absolutely. No, that's good. That's good progress. That's like the size of a large YouTube channel anyway. So you're making really good progress there uh, with kids. Do you want to just reach them in the States or do you want to also reach them maybe in, in Canada or in Europe? Like, oh, do you want to go international?
0: Yeah. International for sure. Okay. It all starts with the United States, but the the goal is international. It's being translated right now. Um, into Portuguese and into Spanish, meaning with dubbing. And, and then we'll have subtitles for other things. And as depending on the demand from other countries, we might do dubbing in more languages as well. But right now we've seen primary demand from um, places in uh, south of the border in Central America and South America where a lot of people have really wanted um, the show to be able to show to their kids and have it in their language audibly, mm-hmm. not just have to read it.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be really, really cool in other languages as well. Um,
0: uh, what was there's, that? There's what we do find is some of our biggest fans are people that are living in countries where they are feeling the oppression from government much more close to home. Um, there's a little bit like there's a fair amount of oppression happening in the United States, but we don't necessarily have a culture or a society that's all that aware of it Mm -hmm. right because um of the foundation that we're coming from and a lot of people not realizing kind of what's happening as it's happening because it's a little bit more of that slow boiling pot kind of thing but a lot of other countries that people are kind of coming from they're they're seeing it uh big time with like the the riots of the streets and and and, uh civil war just like how 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 restrictive the government is on, um,
1: their ability to create new
0: businesses and do innovative things and all this kind of stuff. So they're really craving this message of freedom.
1: Right. Right. Um, what, what's the end game goal? Do you want to get picked up by like Disney plus or HBO plus or something like that and, and get exposed to their audience? Or do you want to do it completely independent the way you're doing it now?
0: I think we're open to all sorts of distribution. I can't imagine a world in which Disney Plus would touch us with a 10-foot pole, but um, we certainly wouldn't mind getting, getting distribution mm-hmm. on there. Um, I I do think there is possibility and, and very much openness to um, a lot of the distribution channels that have opened up for uh, The Chosen. Uh, like I said, Angel's, Angel is the distributor of the chosen, but then they've got a lot more avenues that that um, a lot of sub licensing sub-licensing agreements with other, um, distribution places. And so, yeah, we'd love to end up on places like, you know, uh, Netflix and, and Amazon and all that kind of stuff, especially places that are trying to, um, serve maybe more niche audiences or that are, are looking that, you know, aren't trying to, you know, well, we have this one kind of content as opposed to other other things. A lot of a lot of the distribution companies are trying to serve more broadly different types of audiences, and obviously ours falls into that category. Especially if they feel like it has to be representative of, the, of their brand in mm-hmm. some way. Um, and and we've never you know presumed to do anything more than just make the show that we want to make that we feel like we would want to watch and that we feel like parents would want to watch and kids and stuff. And so. That's that's kind of where we're headed for this. But yeah, we we would love to see it get picked up in a lot more places.
1: When you reach 100 million kids, is this show the end all be all and you want to focus in on that? Or do you want to do maybe another show at some point, maybe focus on something different or teaching a different lesson or a different moral?
0: Um I am so focused on Tuttle Twins right now mm-hmm. that I try not to let my mind go there a whole lot because I there's still so much more work to be done on making this show everything it can be. Um, it's been very well received, which is really rewarding. The audience reaction has been very high. I think we're at like 8.7 stars on IMDb, um, the Internet Movie Database. Mm-hmm. I think our audience score right now is hovering around 100 on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. We've had um, really good like 95% like response on episodes on when they're released on YouTube. And then we've, we've won um, eight telly awards with the show. And so that that's very much the focus right now is deliver on really quality content for this. And there's so many stories that we can tell with us that um, were um, that, 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 that's my focus more than it is. What's the, what's the next thing. It's more, more about what's, what's, to me, it's more about, okay, what other stories could we tell in the future when, you know, when season two is all complete, you know, that's more of where my, my mind is going when it comes to Tuttle Twins itself. There's also a lot of merchandising opportunity that, that is true. there to um, make the show, the, sh- the show sustainable, but I think um, is very intriguing and our Distributor Angel Studios is uh, working on a lot of those things. So there's some really fun stuff coming up.
1: Yeah. It's very exciting for you guys right now, you know, where your guys is at and i yeah absolutely focus in on this and make it successful because it seems like it's doing really well um where can people go to watch it i know they can go to the website um is that the primary place to go to to sign up to get access to uh both seasons of episodes yep downloading the angel app is the primary place i mean
0: um, you can find us at tuttletwins.tv as well t-u-t-t-l-e twins.tv we'll redirect you to where you need to go as well. If you want to look it up with a URL, but yeah, the angel app um, down just search angel app on, you know, on the app store or on Google play, you'll find that there. You can download it for free. You can watch Tuttle for free. And there's a lot of other great content you can watch for free on there as well. And then if you feel so inspired, if you're liking what you're seeing, we'd love it. If you paid it forward, if you bought a t-shirt or some graphic novels from us or something along those lines, all that helps support additional episode creation for the show.
1: Awesome. I'm going to buy some apparel. Can I get like a plushie thing uh, for my, for my girlfriend or can I, or what, what kind of apparel do you guys have? Or, or So items? we do have
0: plushies. We've, we're sold out right now. I think of our Derek, our, our raccoon characters, mm-hmm. like the most popular character with the kids. I think that plushy's sold out right now, but they, Ethan and Emily Tuttle, the two, um, the, the two twins, there's plushies for them. And there's some t-shirts that people like that say things like, places to go people seeing communists to offend Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, there's there's some different merch like that and then the graphic novels are really fun for parents that are looking for resources where their kids don't have to spend as much time in front of screens Mm -hmm. Um, so they can revisit the episodes pretty much word for word and kind of shot for shot in a graphic novel form and like a comic book style form and then they just don't have to you know be getting it all through a screen so they can have the lessons on repeat and and, um, connect more. We're actually hearing stories of of their kids learning to, um, because they'll, you know, kids will memorize lines from shows and stuff. And when they read it at the same time, it actually helps them, you know, uh, uh, it helps them learn new words and Mm -hmm. things. So that's really fun as well.
1: Yeah. Just on that really quick, like where could they get the literature if they want to buy? Is that also like through the app or through the website or, or how do you get Um, it? Yeah.
0: You can go to dot store. Okay um that's the website for it tuttle twins.store um and then there's also links directly within the app to go buy merch
1: perfect daniel thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast really appreciate it it's awesome what you guys are doing with tuttle twins um i'm a fan uh, my my little family here's a fan so we're we're excited to see you guys continue growing and um anything we can do to help you just let me know awesome thanks brandon really appreciate it all right take care Let's talk soon